Welcome to Celebrate Good Lives, a podcast coming to you from Whakatane, New Zealand, talking about the funeral industry here and abroad. I'm Brad. And I'm Dean. We're here to demystify, empower, and talk about the ways in which you can celebrate good lives for those who are no longer with us. So join us on a podcast journey where we discuss all facets of funeral life, what's involved, and how we can help you, our podcast community, celebrate good lives better. Well, hello everybody. Welcome to episode two of the podcast. You're with Bradley Shaw and Dean Weber again from Celebrate Good Lives. Welcome back, Dino. Oh, thank you for having me again, Brad. What a wonderful day we're having today. Yeah, it's good to be back and it's good to be able to dive into another podcast. And I think it's important for us to be able to dive into something that has so much diversity. I think diversity is probably the word that we can use more appropriately uh, because in our industry we have so much diversity when it comes to funerals and what is done at a funeral and the way that people deal with funerals differently culturally religiously and you know their traditions so i just thought what we would do we'd just sort of go through a little bit of those things today rites and rituals the podcast is called rites and rituals so um, this could be interesting for our for our listeners today I do believe so. I agree with you there. Um, You know, coming from the United States, having my first experiences there, um, quite a large place, very spread out, um, but a wide range of people. But you don't always get exposed to all everybody else's um, beliefs and rituals and things. Mm -hmm. New Zealand, a very much smaller place. um, You know, we're two small islands down here at the bottom of the bottom of the earth. Mm -hmm. And there are a lot of different subcultures and cultures religious and social within our little communities and it's quite amazing yeah absolutely and i think in our area where where we're located here in Fakatane, we tend to be doing a couple of different cultures and we spend most of our time doing um you know new zealand european funerals and new zealand maori funerals so um, they're our two, two sort of main cultures that we're dealing with, but everyone has a subculture off that, and each family has a has a culture that they have traditionally dealt with funerals. That's right. And I think it's important that we address the differences that we've we've noticed over the years. I just want to make it clear to the listeners that everything that we talk about today is through our own experiences. So this is not the views of a particular. A community or a particular religious group this is our views these are what we've um you know dealt with in our time as funeral directors and um so i just thought what we'd do is we'd just talk quickly about the rites and rituals of what we're dealing with in new zealand and and for now but i think it's important that we touch on on other things later on down the track so i just wanted to ask you there's there's a there's a religious community that you're very very in touch with and that you've done a lot of work with and grew up with yes um so talk to us a little bit about the the catholic rites and rituals and how catholic the catholic community in your experiences have mm. deal with death yeah it's been very interesting having um grown up in a catholic community and attended um catholic schools and universities my most of my knowledge, uh, early knowledge, is based around uh, the Catholic from the Roman Catholic faith, and uh, the rites and rituals um, pertaining to those. 
Um, in coming down to New Zealand after having nearly um, nine, ten years of experience, um, to find that even though the same religion, the procedures, the protocols, and the rites were slightly different and, and a, a bit changed. So it was a, a bit to get accustomed to. Um, mainly what we sort of look at within sort of the funeral practice within Catholicism is the 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 basis of the church um, there was a a large movement in the beginning that cremation was unaccepted it's now become accepted and ashes allowed within the church um, there is you know an acceptance when you're Catholic that there is just a set role of procedures and protocols the way things go when we're developing the day of the funeral there are choices that we get to make to make things individual to our particular requests of of um, a particular set of prayers or a particular group of songs that get chosen mm. but the procedures and the protocols on the day of the funeral sort of flow from top to bottom with specific readings from specific parts of the bible and specific spots for hymns um, there are some prayer portions the evenings before mm. when we gather uh, to remember and and uh, spend time with those who have come to um, comfort us and to grieve with us. And we do those generally at the funeral home, mm. uh, depending on your community. Some of them are at the church the evening before, and we have a vigil service and the opportunity to um, have all of those stories being told and the eulogies and things. Which is very, very wonderful. And a, and a lot of the time that's called a, a rosary as well, a rosary service the night before? Or? Yeah, so the, the rosary is a set-aside time for right. uh, uh, the praying of the rosary beads okay. and, and the prayers around that. So that is set-aside. It's either There are a couple of opportunities for that, either the evening before, if that works, or to, sometimes it's the morning before, mm -hmm. just before the, um, the procession shows up at the church. Um, so the vigil service then takes us through the prayer service in the evening beforehand and gets all the family elements and contributions and eulogies and things sort of delivered um, in an informal way. And so that happens stuff. the night before? It does quite often. Yeah. So it's and interesting you say that because if we're drawing comparisons, which we want to do today, mm. we're drawing a comparison here. And if you think about the way in which Catholic families... Or Catholic funerals the night before take place with the eulogy and the sharing. Mm. It's very similar to a purupuruaki on a marae. Mm. Yeah. So I so Māori have a purupuruaki the night before, which is the time of sharing, the eulogies, the tributes, those sorts of things. And then on the day of the service, it's purely the service. The formalities. The take formalities. Place. Mm. The prayers the hymns. Mm. It's drawing a massive comparison it does. here. It certainly does. And so in, in my young younger years as a growing up in it and being an altar boy and, and, and those sort of experiences, that's the way it, it sort of was. And um, in one of the uh, speaking sessions that I did today earlier, um, we noticed that um, the, the one main point that seems to be quite current in modern times that seems to force changes into some of these protocols and rites and rituals is the fact of the ability to be so mobile mm. people have moved away people have have 
have to have time to come back and they don't want to miss certain elements. So it starts to squeeze some of these things that happened over two or three days into the one day. Right. And, um, and it's whether or not, you know. So do you think that that's why we're seeing the eulogy at a Catholic requiem mass happen at the formality stage of the funeral service? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but I there's still a lot of, there is still a lot of, um, you know, a, a traditional requiem mass that happens now still is very traditional in the terms that there's a there's a structure to a requiem mass of how it must go usually it's one eulogy and, and that's it we don't do tributes and then we have prayers the homily from from father communion mm. and then sort of we finish yes so the incorporation of the eulogy now into the catholic requiem mass service is that a time thing is it is it an is you know from a front are we too busy are we too busy to have a a vigil when you start to pull it away it starts to definitely feel that way um that yeah either people can't find the time to get there or other obligations sort of present other other hurdles yeah we're busy um (laughs) and that's not us either that's not the funeral director. No, no. You know, this is this is family choice. That they've had conversations with the church, and and it's not the maybe not yeah. the church's fault or the family's fault or the funeral director's fault. It's just where we are now. I think it's. I think it's. I get the feeling that it probably it came through a teething process, and it probably was. Well, well, you know, we don't do it that way, um, and then people started to say, well, I you know I can't get there, but I don't want to miss it. And then, you know, there becomes a conversation between the family and the leader of the religious group that has to comp- or comes up with a suitable compromise that says, you know, well, okay, we'll, we'll deliver the, the life story during the time. Interesting. And I think well, you touched on it earlier, but cremation and burial within the Catholic community now, mm. would you say there was a, from your own personal experience, would you say there's a... What would the cat, the cremation burial rate be now? Do you think? Oh, I think. Well, having spent so much time now in New Zealand, um, I would definitely say, and in two spaces in New Zealand, um, I would feel like the cremation rate has definitely increased uh, to where it's probably seventy five percent would end up being cremated. My beginning times in the in the industry were in the Midwest in the United States. Completely different demographic, completely different costs and land usage mm. to where it was probably closer to 90% burial. Mm. Um, it was very, very rare to have a, a cremation service. Mm, interesting. You know, we, 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 we've had a conversation, we've, we've been talking about working within the states and and canada Mm. last couple of days we've we've been working with with canadian uh, with a canadian uh, funeral home Mm -hmm. Um, and we had a conversation with them about where they are about what their cremation and burial rate was and and i think you were saying that it's extremely high cremation extremely high cremation rate yeah they were on the west the western coast of canada and had acknowledged when I asked them about their cremation to burial rate. And yeah, it 
exclusively nearly 90% cremation. And I think... You know, as as time goes by and as these podcasts get on, we've got we've got some really cool content as far as cremation and burial and, and different types of cremation services and burial services, and mm. uh, especially between New Zealand and the states, and we can have a we can have a bit of a debate about that. And I mm. think you know it's 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 positive and it gives us the opportunity to to talk and give the the listeners something you know maybe that they didn't know so we're mm. going to talk more and more about cremation and burial as time goes by but let's get back to the rites and rituals we've talked about catholic you know there's other religions obviously in new zealand that we do funerals for regularly um you know yeah. I'm, I'm speaking specifically about the common ones right and f- mm-hmm. for, for a moment where we talk about you know anglican uh methodist christian uh, religions your christian religions they're very there's a lot of similarities in the way that funeral services are done in those religious groups yes uh and we don't you know obviously that we've we've chosen the catholic one today based on the fact that the requiem mass is the epitome in the catholic church Mm. of of the send off that and it it is the religion the the faith base that has the most procedural protocols Mm. And rites and rituals within it, you know, with from the, a Christianity-based perspective. Uh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. And with yeah. with the with the sacraments. Now, my that's we've sort of reviewed my my exposure and my experience mm. um, within faith-based um, rites and rituals. But you've had way different experiences mm. than I have with yeah. some different cultures. And yeah, absolutely. And I think, as we said earlier, you know, these are my experiences and Dean's experiences specifically when it comes to faith-based and uh, rites and rituals. But I've done quite a few funerals for the Indian community uh, oh, over, over the years, um, not just here but in Australia as well. Mm. And the process between both countries is very similar. It doesn't. It hasn't changed. And a lot of the time, um, if we get, you know, the opportunity to, to deal with an Indian community uh, with, you know, whether they're part of what religious group from India. Uh, that's, most, a, that's what I was sitting here thinking. I was just going to throw that out there. Uh, is there a generalized um, Hindu? Sikh? Sikh. Sikh okay. would be probably the most common ones I've done well, funerals that's interesting. for. Yeah. And it's more around the embalming is a no-no, basically. Um, we don't don't embalm uh, unless really required. So the uh, the families and the the steps leading up to fall into place quite quickly, very quickly as, as a result of those uh, definitely. And, and they're very very practical. Um, you know they want to have a washing ceremony. Uh, that's a, an oils based washing ceremony. And experience that I've had in the past have been. I've, uh, if the deceased has passed away at a residence, then I'll take the casket to the residence. Wow. And they'll do the washing ceremony and the dressing and the, you know, everything involved in that and place the deceased into the casket themselves. Mm. Um, and it's not usually something that I've been involved in, which is quite a shame because it's a, it's, a, it's you know, as a funeral director, the challenge of being involved with different religions and cultures is so important mm. to us in the way that we can provide service to families. Mm. Now, a lot of like, Indian weddings, as I've seen, are very colorful, very flamboyant, mm. and a lot of um, co- cotton co- cost- costumes. Oh, costume-related, um, yeah. Yeah, with funeral 
um, attire yeah. the decease yeah. with our European experiences. Yeah. We, you know, we're backing away from suits and ties and, mm. and formalities. What, what, Tradition you, is there. How is it? Tradition is there. Wow. Tradition is there. Yeah, really, really heavily. Um, you know, the way in which they, they lay the deceased out and the way they're dressed is just beautiful. And, you know, the experience that I've seen and, and been involved with, you know, when I was in Australia, you know, the, the, the taking of the casket to the house was, was not a, was not going to happen. It's just Australian things just don't work like that. Sure. Um, so the deceased, where they would, they would come into the funeral home and do that process. And mm. We were able to be involved to, to a certain extent, stand back and watch, you know. Yeah. Don't, 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 don't do too much. Yeah. Um, and it's usually a very quick, quick process, you mm. know, from, from the time of death to the time of cremation. Now, they will always be, you know, cremated 99% of the time, from my experience. 99% of the time, they'll be cremated. And the one thing that the listeners may not know, if you're not involved or, or haven't been in the industry, is that they like to charge the deceased for the cremation. Now, when I say charge the cremator... Is that expensive? <laughs> no, ah. no, no, no. And it's not like charging your car, yes. your electric car ah, either. It's, uh, it's, it's basically the process of the, them placing the deceased into the cremator and wow. when they like to be involved in that and they also traditionally would like to light the the casket with a flame first before it goes into the cremator now health and safety says lighting the casket outside of the cremator mm. is probably not a good idea yeah. so we will always give them the opportunity to light a candle or something on the casket so that when the casket goes into the cremator it's already a light a light essentially yeah. so yeah. so interesting different um well i think what we can take from from that part of this conversation is that i think there's an opportunity for people to to be aware and to do some research into different cultures and how they do death differently yeah and the one thing the one underlying factor that sort of seems with um all religious social any of any of those seems to be about acknowledging and embracing the passing not denying it no. not running away from it no. it's being a part of it it's yeah, in, yeah doing it correctly and there's no emotional. death denial oh no what, from, that's exactly what i'm thinking when you're describing it to me is there's there's no escape to um denying your feelings or mm. processing your your emotions through a loss mm. um and in looking back at it having to sit in the church and go through the, the funerals and to smell the incense and to see the holy water being, being those, those are real. Those are the, the, you know, that's when you, the emotions start to hit and the, the review of, of a life lived. And I think like you were saying, every religion and culture has a different way of dealing with the death of a loved one. But the concept of acknowledgement is the same. Mm. And, you know, if, if the overarching feeling of it is that the deceased is the most important aspect of what's happening here. Mm. And every culture has a different way of dealing with it. Yeah. I think that's a, you know, we, those traditions are alive. 
and there's a reason why they're there mm-hmm. and 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 they need to keep going and mm-hmm. that's part of what we you know do in our arrangement processes with each family is to get an understanding of of what is yours mm-hmm. and um even outside of religion mm-hmm. what we've found from time to time is families themselves have started their own rituals mm. and rites mm. and this is what this is what we do this is what our family does yeah and those are great when you when you get people who have those um sort of uh history and mm. and background in their families and it's great to yeah to, to see them i think one thing that i'd like to acknowledge and i think we're going to do a podcast on culture uh, probably later on because mm. there's a lot to talk about as far as specifically to us here in in Fakatani, mm-hmm. um, and what we deal with daily, you know, from a European and a Maori perspective, because there's a there's similarities, there are, but the way they do things is way different. There, are, you're right, and, and I mean, even for you coming from Walkworth down to Fakatane. There's a podcast in that. <laughs> There's a podcast sure in is. that, you it know. Sure um, so we, we will touch further on that at another stage. But I think when we talk about culture, that's different to religion. And we, to, and, and we can't get them confused. But when we talk about culture and we talk about how we deal with death here in Fakatane, we have to acknowledge that from my perspective, this is my personal perspective, is that we are noticing an increase in all families taking deceased members home Mm. or viewing at the funeral home but having the accommodating side of things of the flexibility to come in. And and that's creating a bit of a ritual. It is. It's creating a bit of a tradition within the family that... We won't want to go back to the house. We don't want to go to the marae potentially. We don't want to go here. We want to keep our loved one here because you have the facility and we love it here. Yep. And if they've had a previous experience and then once you have a previous experience and it's positive. You're pretty reluctant that, to change. That becomes the next. That, that's what our family does. If somebody has an experience and goes through um, a death and a, and a a service mm. and something goes wrong well they automatically look to replace the people that were part of it mm. and replace what happened because it wasn't very nice so mm. it's very i don't know i put a lot of personal pressure on myself to make sure that things are perfect in the things that i do because i understand mm. the need for them to be that way mm. yeah 100 mm. percent we're gonna we're gonna we could talk about the culture and we could talk about the the differences but we're gonna save that for another podcast but what we really wanted to get across today to our listeners was think about the different rites and rituals that happen in the in in funeral uh, because you're listening to the podcast because you're interested in funeral mm-hmm. think about the different um you know rites and rituals and and the way in which people deal with death differently and none of it's wrong. That's right. None of Just it's because wrong. somebody does something different than what you've ever seen or you do, it's not wrong. It's just different. Mm. Embrace it. Try to understand it. Yeah. Love and, it. And, and if you are a funeral director, in turn, 
you really need to know this stuff. Mm. You need to know this stuff because it's important for people to understand. And funeral directors, that when you sit down with a family, it's nice to be able to have an understanding of what they want to do. You don't have to know it all. No. But just have an understanding so that, and if you don't know, ask the question, you know. So mm. um, if you know someone, then, hey, there's a, there's an opportunity for you to talk to talk to them or, or do some research into rites and rituals with funerals. We are going to be on local radio here next week. Next yeah, week, tw- Tuesday, 20th. 20th yep. Local Radio 1XX uh, in New Zealand. You can catch it online if you want to um, at 11.30 on Tuesday next week. So mm-hmm. um, we're going to be talking about rites and rituals there too. So this is a bit of a precursor for that. Yeah. Dino, it's been great to have you back on. Have you got a busy rest of your week or what's the story? I do have a busy rest of my week. Got a couple of people to talk to, reconnect some old relationships and help some people out and continue to develop what we're doing here and getting the word out. Sounds good. Hey, great to have you back on. Great to be able to chew the fat over some rites and rituals. And we'll be back with you with another podcast real soon. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye.